All right. This is Move to Improve. Here, your host, Dr. Matthew Jurgis, with his accomplices, Dr. Greg Uchez. Can we do a different intro than that? Okay. Well, I've been working a very long time on this intro, actually. Oh, sorry, my bad. Okay. And Dr. (laughs) Dr. Alex Fitzowich. So, today is, I think this is a good one because people maybe aren't the most um, aware of the science behind arthritis and how that develops, what it is, how to treat it, what to do. Uh, There's a lot here. And I think that a lot of even practitioners are probably behind the curve on, on this one, you know, in our opinion at the least. And it's very interesting one. So before we get started, I wanted to thank PKF and Terry's for allowing us to use their office space. They have a beautiful office here, downtown Calgary. They're very gracious enough to to let us you know take part in that. Uh, they are a full fledged CPA firm. They do you know audits, uh, cybersecurity, things that would probably go over my head. Yeah, but <laughs> I trust them good. with CPA. <laughs> okay, so on the topic of arthritis, shall we start on what it is? Yeah, how it forms. Well, yeah, I mean, there's primary and there's secondary osteoarthritis, right? So let's just talk about osteoarthritis as it relates to just breakdown of the body, right? So mm-hmm. there's not some sort of underlying metabolic issue in behind. There's not some sort of um, disability like a loss of a limb or something like that. We're talking about a, about a, about a, a human being that has uh, – normal MSK anatomy and physiology, right? And then you start to see the breakdown of their body, right? Yes. Okay, let's talk about that arthritis. And, and yeah, that's basically wear and tear and breakdown of a joint. So you're going to see the joint's going to start to dehydrate, right? That's why we get shorter when we get older, right? You see the disc start to dehydrate. Yeah. So you start, so that the cartilage starts to degenerate in the joint starts to dehydrate. The bone starts to thicken, and uh, so you see what's something that we call sclerosis or a whitening or a thickening of the bone. You see on x-ray, it's like whitening because it's just there's more bone. It's more, more dense. Um, you might see non-uniform loss of joint space, right, because where it's being loaded more. Um, and then the bone eventually starts to pancake out. And so you start to see uh, the bone widening out past the joint space. And that's called an osteophyte or we call it a spur. Um, yeah, what else? Yeah, I mean that's a lot of it. You get yeah. you get these little bony fingers that protrude up and kind of it doesn't look very good. Um, stress response. It's a stress response, and we know that when you put stress on bone, it tends to grow in that direction, right? Like you're constantly pulling. Um, that's why you get bone formation off of like ligaments and tendons that are constantly under a lot of stress. Abnormal stress. Yeah, abnormal yeah. stress, and like the. Let's be clear, like, yeah, okay, there is a genetic component, a heritability component, maybe even a dietary component, but you're just not going to, in my mind, you're not going to get arthritis unless there's a biomechanical issue involved as well. And we all have them, like we're, nobody's moving completely optimally. Um, so based on that, I think the, the real point of interest here is there has been this idea of the wear and tear model for arthritis for as long as we can remember, which is basically you have X amount of mileage on your joints and you use them every day and you're slowly putting mileage on it like you are a car and you know it's kind of irrelevant, 
relevant of how you're moving is, is a kind of model that's been portrayed out there. Yeah. Like you have an expiry date, like you can only yes. bend your finger a million times. And then after that, you're going to get arthritis or whatever it is for, for sure. And then that brings in the, the whole thought process of like, wow, I'm old. Now I have arthritis because I'm old. And so I should just stop exercising as much. And that's just the natural progression of things. And you, know, you kind of throw up your hands and losing my mind right now. Yeah. So we obviously there's new research coming out. There's a more nuanced understanding of fair, but like, how this happens. If you look at some of like some of the, the research studies we've looked at in the past, like the, the, the whole concept was kind of litigated back in the eighties and nineties even. Right. Yeah. So people aren't staying on top of all the literature and, and, and they just go by old myths. It drives yeah. me. Bad. Okay. This, we, should we talk about it? We should talk about it. I just want to say, this is one of the biggest professions for like some guy said some stuff in the eighties. And now we believe that 40 years later, regardless of what new research comes out. So let's talk about so we're what causes that. osteoarthritis, right? The normal wear and tear breakdown of say a load bearing joint, like a knee or a hip. Okay. Fair. Because yeah. yep. I'm, lately more than ever losing my mind at hearing and I'm sorry family physicians but oftentimes family physicians saying to patients you shouldn't run you're going to destroy your knees I it drives me batty that impact forces are causing osteoarthritis that is not true repeat that is not freaking true yeah. what okay so let, let let's talk about that a little so if if impact forces caused osteoarthritis, every single marathon runner, every single soccer player, every single elite athlete should have arthritis to the point where they, they can't even walk anymore. That's ridiculous. Let's get the concept down. Joints don't absorb force. That's really, really important. It's a weird Joints yeah. don't absorb force. Take your knee, for example. Impact force. You contact the ground when you're running. The forces go up the leg. The knee redistributes the force. The force is attenuated by the muscles, almost all of it, and a little bit by the bone. But the, the joints are designed to redistribute force in a normal movement. Now, that's that. There's a little asterisk there, right, guys? Key part. That's the key part. That's the key part. All the literature shows that the wear and tear concept of osteoarthritis is garbage. It is garbage. It doesn't, it doesn't hold water. It, it the fact is, is that if you move properly, the joint can do its job and it redistributes the force through the legs. And now the muscles are basically absorbing and attenuating that force, the bone very, very little. Now, that's assuming that you're moving properly and you have your, hard, your own hardware. So you think about that. I remember going, guys, I remember going, I'm the old guy of the group. I remember going to, to all these sports medicine conferences. At that time, it was CASM, like Canadian Academy of Sports Medicine. Now it's Canadian Academy of sport and exercise medicine, but you'd sit in on these lectures and you'd have some surgeon come in and say, okay, well here we did this, this surgery on, we did a partial meniscectomy due to, you know, the, this type of tear, this, you know, oblique tear or whatever type of tear they had going on or bucket handle, et cetera. And they would do this partial meniscectomy going 10 years later, here's the osteoarthritic change. We want to figure out like, how do we reduce? Oh, and then they would go and they would do cleanups because yeah. now we're seeing spur Arth formation. Arthroscopy. Yeah. 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 And they would go and, Oh, well you had a bunch of fraying the meniscus and we wanted to clean that up. So we shaved down the spurs. And then they show five years later, like 
total slope increase in the next five years of degenerative change, right? So there's yeah. mass, and now we're now we're looking at a replacement. And so their whole thing, I saw this for years, going. We're working on mitigating factors to reduce the slope of the curve for degenerative change in ten years. And then you know what they figured out? Ah, don't do the surgery. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah that, like leave the hardware in, it. right? Yeah. Like so. Point being, full circle back to joints don't <laughs> absorb force. Uh, yeah, unless you take out part of the joint, right? And now it does can't do the job it needs to do. Now it starts to absorb force. So now we start to see, oh, the bone starts to thicken. Oh, it starts to dehydrate. Oh, we start, yeah. like all the degenerative Just changes. Just so for clarity, like even if your meniscus is torn, that's better than removing part of that torn meniscus yeah, like yeah. And, yeah. and thinking that it, that's going to absorb forces better. And so I just want to call upon a couple of like rabbit studies that have been kind of published. Uh, one of which is the idea that like if you immobilize a joint, it should therefore not develop arthritis, right? You're, yeah, you're, you're not using it. It's like if you park a car. But also, as we know, if you park a car, it might not start when you go to start it up a year later. And that's what they found is when you immobilize a rabbit's hip or knee joint, uh, the, f- the fluid pressure within the knee starts to go up within a week. And then eventually you're looking at arthritis that develops from a lack of movement, right? You're not using that joint throughout a full range. And there's other research suggesting that using that joint through a nice kind of oscillating impact actually heals the joint. It can, you know, runners can increase their disc height by running if they're running properly. Uh, certain things like that where that normal impact increases the joint. Move to improve, baby. Move to improve. Oh, yeah, there it is. Eh? There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, there there it we is, go. Yeah. I had it. I'm still learning, guys. Um, but another topic on the rabbit study is we were looking at a research article here recently where they had um, periodic impact on a, on a rabbit's hip. And the main draw, the main point here was that the meniscus was fine. But because they were loading that joint beyond its capabilities for too long, they developed sclerosis of that bone underneath the cartilage. Was, so, that, was that forced exercise or something? Were they doing? Yeah, yeah, it was basically forced impact into the hip, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hour a day. Forced, you know, yeah. Fast yeah. exhaustion. So, you, right. so no, they're, no, they're not using their muscles anymore. Basically, yep. they've just come just smashing the hip repetitively. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the main point there is like we've always believed, oh, if you were meniscus tears and then the arthritis comes thereafter. But no, that, that cartilage was doing its job. It was just overwhelmed. And the bone, the arthritis started while the meniscus was fine. Yeah, in the bone itself, which is kind of opposite of the conventional wisdom, like what we used to think happened, that even if everything is fine – if you're loading that bone too much and absorbing yeah. force, that's when the changes happen. And that's to Greg's point that the meniscus is not absorbing the, the impact. It's yep. redistributing it to the bone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We actually expand on that just to explain it. So in the classic theory of wear and tear, the first thing that should happen, you should see with arthritic changes, you should see that that's the softer tissues like the cartilage starts to dehydrate. So you should see on an x-ray, right, radiographic imaging, you should see non-uniform loss of joint space. So you're going to see part of the joint's going to kind of narrow out. That's the first thing you should see. If absorption due to wear and tear causing arthritis is, is a theory in play. But that's not typically what you see. The first thing you see with osteoarthritis is sclerosis. 
And that's because the muscle is not absorbing the force as much. Like, remember I said at the beginning, joints don't absorb force. It's the muscles attenuate 90, 95%, then the bone. So if the muscle starts to break down, now the bone's doing more work. Joint's still not, you know, having a problem. So the first thing you'll see is sclerotic change, right? And that's what we see. That's what we see. We don't see. Anyway, so, so that's what we're talking about with this. To, to build sense. off that, there's a lot of research based on like, you know, exercise and its risk in developing osteoarthritis. Yeah. And to be fair, there is, if you're, if you're somebody exercising like crazy, yeah, you have a higher risk of arthritis, but that, that association is not seen in your typical exercise people. It's people that are elite athletes. If you're an elite athlete and you're working past the point of fatigue, you do have an increased risk for arthritis. But the bigger point there is that it's not necessarily the participation. It's the exercising after having a traumatic injury to the tissues, right? That's where it's so the, so if you can kind of look through the variables and look through the muddiness there, it's, it's actually, if you, if you had a major injury, right? Like if you're a soccer player, you're more likely to, to uh, pull your hip, to strain your groin. Uh, and therefore hip arthritis is more likely for soccer players than runners, right? Where runners, you know, you're not getting as much of the hip arthritis. You're looking more at the knee arthritis, well, you're not really pulling your groin all too often as as a runner, right? And and vice versa with the knee. So there's some interesting points there. Yeah, so just full circle on it. If you're moving properly and you're exercising, running and weight bearing and do all those impact things and you're moving properly, it's the best thing you can do for your body. It actually heals joints and makes you healthy forever and a day. I've seen x-rays of, of marathoners' knees in their, in their 90s and there's no arthritic change. It's because they're moving properly. So... It gets back to our original premise and it just totally fits in with our vision of the clinic is happier together for life. The fact is, is that there are, there are a few things to do to maintain the fountain of youth when it comes to the MSK world, musculoskeletal world. Right. And that is, is you need to exercise. You need to act now. We can, we can debate all the nuances of that probably an hour a day, probably some zone two or, you know, a couple times aerobic based exercise, a couple times of, of resistance training, one day of anaerobic threshold and a bunch of nuances of multi-directional exercise, et cetera. But so exercise is one part of it. And then working with a healthcare group that has expertise in movement and understanding biomechanics and is going to make sure that you're moving properly, period, full stop. Just like that, that's what we do. Um, and it's, it, that's exactly what, what people can do if they want that fun. You, you want to live in your eighties and you want to do every little thing you want to do Then you need to exercise every day. You need to keep moving and you need to work with, with a healthcare team. That's going to make sure that your body's functioning right. Period. Full stop. That's the fun of youth. Yeah. And, and is. it is, it totally is. And here's the thing, like exercise, you're going to have a longer life. I think it's, I think someone had mentioned seven years longer, a better quality of life. That being said, if you exercise and you're not moving properly, you can have the complete opposite effect. And that's why it is important to make sure you're moving properly and to have an expert in your corner. On your joints and the muscles and skeleton, right? Yes. Because exercise will still give you the benefit metabolically, right. but you're going to break your system down musculoskeletally. Yeah. And then you can't exercise. The, yeah. the thing I always yeah. say in a lot of different ways is the difference between making a blister and making a callus, right? If you do something too fast, too hard, too intense, past the zone of intensity, past breakdown, form breakdown, technique, whatever it is, you're going to get a blister. That's when you get the injury. But if you just push it a tiny bit, let the body heal, 
repeat that for years or decades at a time, you're going to get that callus. You're going to make your muscles stronger, your bones stronger, all these different benefits. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is obvious to people when they see someone with an obvious limp, like, oh, of course they're jarring their joints and you feel the pain shortly after you develop a limp, you're going to feel it and you will develop a lot of arthritis in the leg. Um, You know, if you've ever met someone with a limp for any prolonged amount of time. Now think about that in pretty much everybody to a lesser degree and in different motions, whether that be the shoulder or the neck or low back or the ankle, like that there's a form of a limp that is occurring to some degree, to varying degrees in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's the crappy posture. It's the not taking care of, you know, what you need to take care of sitting at your desk, crappy sleeping improperly. Right. But if you can take care of those and start to get rid of all those aggravating factors, you just take all that unnecessary stress off the body and now you're moving properly again. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And it's not always intuitive because we don't live in, we don't use our bodies like they've been evolved over, you know, hundreds of thousands of years or longer really um, to be using, you know, you're climbing on a daily basis. You're not climb, you know, running down in different directions and our exercise is very kind of focused in one direction. And um, so, yeah, no, it, it definitely helps to have someone to guide you along. That's a whole other, whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Human evolution and why our low backs get so screwed up. That's our next one, yeah. I I like that that one for sure. You couldn't stay in your cave after you hurt your ankle for three weeks. You had to get your food, right? You had to use it. Body heals with movement. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, I think we hit all the big big points here, unless you guys have anything to add. Take home is is impact forces do not cause osteoarthritis. Don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't be doing that because it destroys your knees or your hips or your back. Or your, That's not true. You can load the hell out of the body as long as you load it properly, and it is excellent for it. In fact, if you load the body properly, it shows that it can decrease the incidence of osteoarthritis. So like, you just got to move properly. You got to get going with proper technique and load it up properly so work with people that know what they're doing and get out there and do all the stuff you love yeah and i just have to add this like just because you feel like you have a strain and you're like well the pain's not that bad i can bear it well irrelevant of the pain you're moving differently because of that strain the muscle's not functioning entirely at its best and so that compensation will develop arthritis over years so you can look at it and be like wow this is an injury i can shrug off i only notice it when i'm really pushing hard hard well, no, it's it's having an effect on your body that's going to show itself in decades later, potentially on an X-ray when you find out you have you know severe arthritis, right? Yeah, you've just been compensated for it forever. Yeah, day. it's it's like everything that the pain signal is the check engine light. It's the last thing that comes on, and you don't notice it. You know, you're never like, oh, my joints are grinding together. I'm developing arthritis, but you do that for decades, and that's what happens. Yeah, a lot of these strains are very subtle. Are not like your big obvious like bruised strain, right? Yep. Anyways, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We're moved to improve. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube and Instagram and, of course, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Thanks for the listen, guys. Take care.